Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Issues 2019. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Jim Fouts, founder and director of Tanganyika Wildlife Park. Welcome to Issues 2019, Jim. Thanks for having come and being with us this morning. Thank you, Steve. Pleasure to be here. That's kind of uh, kind of a tongue twister for me, Tanganyika, but uh, it's, an, it's an interesting name. It's you... an extremely scary word. People seldom want to say it. Yeah, it's even harder to spell. <laughs> but you've done quite a good job out there. Want you? Uh, I want you to tell us, if you will, how you became interested in animals and zoos and wildlife parks. Where did that come from? From a very early age, I uh, started dragging things home, much to my mother's chagrin. You know, she'd do the laundry and find a snake in my pocket. <laughs> really? So it kind of grew out of that. Uh, I was collecting turtles when I was five, and and uh, all I ever wanted to do was uh, work in a zoo. Well, that's, that's starting early, knowing what you want to do. I mean, uh, where are you from then? I'm originally from Wichita. Okay. Uh, I was born in Norton, lived in El Dorado for a while. Uh, after that, we, we were in Colorado and California for a few years, but came back to Kansas. So you weren't doing wildlife parks then, were you, or were you? I was actually, yes, I was. Uh, I was uh, actually one of the original keepers at Sedgwick County Zoo in the early 70s. Okay. Left there in 77, went out on my own collecting birds and monkeys in South America um, and started working in Africa in January of 81. Wow. Uh, I know you've worked a lot with birds. Tell me about that. That's really what I started with was birds. I started collecting You're a bird birds. guy? Uh, I'm, I'm a bird guy, yeah. <laughs> I enjoy birds a lot, and that's really what drove me into working in South America and started bringing birds in for zoos back at that time. You know, I read a book a while back. I'm going to sidetrack here a little bit. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt, after he had been president, he went down there in the Amazon on a trip that darn near killed him. Did you get any place like that down there in the jungles? I actually did. I uh, went through a revolution in Bolivia in the, in the late 70s and uh, came down with a, an illness that nearly killed me. Uh, only time in all my travels I've been sick, but I wanted to be dead on that trip. You know, it was, it was not good. Well, that's what they said about Roosevelt. He just darn near died. He got so sick. You know, it kind of sneaks up on you. Okay. What is it about birds that you like? I mean, obviously, there's some of them, uh, many of them are just beautiful colors, but uh, what else do you like about them? I, th- I think that's it. There's such a diverse number of species out there, some, some stuff that you look at and just can't believe that nature created something as magnificent as this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the time, you know, uh, when I started in the business, it wasn't practical to drag a rhinoceros home. It was easier to do birds. So. Yeah. So how and when did Tanganyika Wildlife Park come about, Jim? Actually, you know, we have, a, have had animals on that site since 1985, and we decided uh, 2006 that it might be a good thing to open this up and share it with the community, one, to help finance our, our breeding and conservation programs that we do. Um, and we thought it might be something nice to share with the community. So the... Uh, how have you located and purchased the animals? Obviously, you started out with a uh, with a group of animals. 
Yeah, we have. I've always supplied zoos. Uh, I went, after I left Sudger County, went out on my own, started supplying zoos, and so I also have specialized in years transporting animals between zoos and doing transactions for zoos. So animals were readily accessible, and we had a large collection there in Goddard. Uh, so we we started adding stuff, uh, but we had a we had a good base to start from. You know, and I've seen these films about. Uh, uh, John Wayne uh, trying to capture rhinoceroses and Clark Gable with gorillas and whatnot. Did you ever have any close calls with any of these animals? I have had. Um, you know, and you mentioned John Wayne. The that that movie Hatari. Hatari, w- yeah. Was uh, you know was I think I watched it five thousand times probably when I was young. Motivator. Uh, yeah. Actually, I've stayed at the place there. He, they bought that hotel where that was filmed, and uh, I've worked in that area extensively. All right. Does this park operate under any special rules or laws concerning care and treatment of the animals? Yes, we do. Um, one thing you can count on in the world today, right, is uh, government oversight. So we're, we're licensed by USDA. We're licensed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Uh, we're accredited by the Zoological Association of America and uh, American Humane, which is the oldest humane organization in the country. Now, does that require a little paperwork on your part? You could say that. Lots, <laughs> well, lots of paperwork, and every few years we get to do it over again. Right. Uh, is, it, is it difficult to get the right food for animals? In this, you, You're pretty much an expert on that, though, aren't you? Sometimes it's, it's a bit of a challenge. We have, for instance, uh, we have a lot of cats, 70 or 80 cats, and we buy 10,000 pounds of guinea pigs at a time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of specialty diets, uh, you know, we feed a lot of quail and crickets and mealworms and you, things that you can't exactly go to Walmart and Kroger and find them on the when shelf. When you say cats, are you talking about the cats I have in my neighborhood, feral cats? You're talking about the bigger cats. No, we, we actually have the world's largest uh, group of snow leopards and clouded leopards. We also have a mer leopards, tiger, tigers. We have a large group of cheetahs uh, as well as smaller cats. Well, you are you do have a lot of cats out there. How many uh, visitors do you entertain in a year's time, Jim? About one hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, we do about uh, twenty three to twenty five thousand school kids a year. The rest is general admission and events. And where do they come from? You talk about school kids, but uh, geographically, the other uh, actually visitors. we we pull them in from all over the state. Uh, all from actually the western part of the state. We get quite a few groups from Oklahoma. Uh, some from as far away as Kansas City. Uh, this may be too too far inside, but marketing wise, how do you get a, how do you get the word down to them, or is it just uh, something that, uh, that it takes care of itself by word of mouth, or do you? We just keep running ads on KNSS. Yeah, that'll do know, it. That'll you know, do I mean, that we. <laughs> uh, we, we but seriously, you've you've done, you've done some pretty good marketing if you've got that kind of response. We we've had some some good success as as with everything you know when you've been open for a while and you think everybody knows about you and you constantly run into people that you think might live in a bubble and pay no attention to television or radio. Uh-huh. How many employees at the park? Uh, during our peak season, we have about 100. And where do you get these folks? Are these uh, any of them interns, any people trying to learn we, about them? We do. Yes, we do have a volunteer program. We have an intern program that we uh, in the animal department. Uh, our keepers come from animal care professionals come from all over the country. Uh, wherever we can find folks. Have you had a pretty stable staff over the years? Or? 
Uh, at some levels, yes. At others, no. Keepers tend to be a little bit nomadic. Uh, they, when they're when you're young, you know, you want to experience different uh, facilities. What makes a visit to your park different from other parks and zoos? I think we're probably certainly in Kansas. We're the most interactive zoo in in, in Kansas. Uh, one of the most in the country. You have an opportunity where you can feed giraffes. We have a pygmy hippo feeding. We have a rhino encounter. Uh, you can have an encounter with an okapi. You can feed lorries, experience lemurs, uh, just to name a few. Is it, is it the lemur you can't pet? Yeah, no, we're it not, seems like when can, I was there, there was one. Thing, we it's a nice lemur. Yeah, you know, we uh, we had to we changed the way we were doing that, and so the lemurs can touch you, but you're not supposed to. touch them. <laughs> All right, well that that works. Uh, tell us, let's talk about the animals for a little bit. Do you have a favorite among the? Uh, or is there? Let me put it. This, is there a favorite among the visitors who come to the zoo? The one they, one or two they talk the most about. You know, I think Lemur Island is probably one of the one of the the ones people enjoy the most. But you know, interestingly enough, if you ask the small children what they like, their favorite is always the tortoises or the bunnies. Is that right? Oh, uh, yeah. Tortoises. Right. How many tortoises? Would it be tortoises or torti? How many uh, <laughs> tortoises? How good, many you got? Oh, we have probably. 30 or 40. Well, and they how they live a long time, don't they? They do. Uh, Aldabra tortoises, uh, Galapagos tortoises live quite a long time. Uh, I think the record's like 176 years. Um, zoos that you've been to, uh, what are the most impressive? San Diego? Uh, San Diego's terrific. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati is great. Nashville's nice. Uh, I've, you know, one I went to with my, with my youngster when he was, this has been many years ago, I thought it was pretty because of the way where it is. The one in Colorado Springs, yeah, up on the side of a mountain. It's it's quite unique the way it's built up there. Um, we, in past years, I've moved giraffe in and out of there, and it's quite a challenge to get in and out of there with a truck. Okay, yeah. Um, you're listening to Issues 2019 on the Entercom Radio Stations. Our guest is Jim Fouts, founder and director of Tanganyika Wildlife Park. You have a family affair though. You have another Fouts or two out there, don't you? I do. I'm very fortunate to have the family involved up up until a couple of years ago. My wife, Sherry, was running the nursery, which is busy all the time. My son, Matt, quit a, quit a good job to come work at the park. So he, uh, he basically handles all of the uh, day-to-day operations and HR, advertising, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, we've seen Matt. I've got to know him. Uh, the first time I think we've met. Um, now, let's talk a little bit more about the animals, if we can. Uh, what is a bongo? <laughs> bongo, it, it's it's not a, it is a drum. It's not it's, a drum. Not, it, not like beatniks playing a bongo drum. It's a beautiful antelope that you find in Central Africa from Kenya all the way through the middle of Africa. It's uh, kind of a red color with stripes. Very beautiful animal. Is it a, a mammal? A, a yeah, it's a mammal. It's uh, one of the rare antelopes that... Uh, oh, it's an antelope. Okay. Um uh, and I first saw, uh, well, I think it's an okapi. I first saw one of those at the Colorado Springs Zoo. You have how many of those do you have? We have two, and a third coming in uh, shortly. And that's that's kind of the Cadillac of the of the antelope giraffe family. Of course, closely related to giraffe. Yeah, I just thought of a question here about uh, about the animals and their care. Uh, a veterinarian on staff, or just uh, do you have one who comes in? Uh, we actually now? have we have a vet on contract or a practice on yeah. contract that has three vets that uh, come in on a regular basis. I was going to say, how often do the, do the 
the Red River Hogs get a checkup once a year? Or? We see them <laughs> quite often. He, vets are always out two or three times a week. Red River Hogs. What are Red River Hogs? It's it kind of like it says. It's a beautiful red hog that uh, has some some tassels on its ears. It's quite attractive to look at. Comes from Central Africa. Uh, you frequently find them in the meadows with bongos that we were just talking about. Yeah. What are mandrels? Mandrels. That's mandrels. I mean, that's not the mandrel sisters. No, no, no not no, the singers. No, okay, no huh? not the singers. <laughs> It's uh, it's lar- one of the largest of the uh, the baboons. It's uh, they've got the very colorful face, oh, red yeah, and yellow yeah, and yeah. purple and chartreuse, and they look like they've come out of a paint shop somewhere. If I look at a baboon or you know, one of those larger, but uh, probably this one too, I look at that as a pretty possibly dangerous animal. Are they are mandrels? Do they have a pretty good temper to them, or or are they? Fairly gentle. You know, the interesting part about them is everybody is is very cautious around them because they are so large, and their canines are actually as larger, larger than lions or tigers. They can open their mouth, and and when they want to be threatening, they'll they'll open that that mouth and just say, "Hey, look at these teeth. You see these? <laughs> Don't make me use them." And so they they're very actually laid back and easy going, and I think it's because they know, you know, that they can do something about it if they have to. Well, yeah, and uh, most animals are pretty more afraid of us than we are of them. And uh, very definitely, you yeah. know. And, and to tell you just a little story about mandrels, years ago when the Shrine Circus was in town, they had a mandrel act where there were mandrels doing things in the ring. Really? And the lady that had the mandrels rode around the circus in her golf cart with a mandrel wearing a yellow T-shirt that said security on it. <laughs> And he bared his teeth and everybody ran yeah, for it. Yeah, he all had to do was open his mouth. Everybody scatters. Yeah. Fortunately, those kind of things don't happen anymore. But Tell me about uh, pygmy hippos. How many have you got? Uh, we have three. Three? We, we had our second baby this year, um, about the size of a shoebox, weighed about 10 pounds. Um, wow, how big do they get then? They're pygmies, so they're not as big as a real No, they hippo. get 600, 700 pounds generally compared to, you know, as much as 5,000 for a river hippo. Uh, a 5,000-pound? Yes. Wow. Do you have any big hippos? We don't. That's we don't. A, but I've heard that that's an animal that's probably more dangerous than many others. It is. A big hippo. Very no? much so. It probably kills more people in Africa than any other animal, with the wow. exception of maybe crocodile. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. So uh, these you've got three of these pygmy hippos. What happens to them? Do you keep all three, or do you send them to another zoo? Or generally, we're we're set up mostly to carry a pair and one offspring. So when they obtain a certain age, then we'll send them to another facility. Okay. Tell me about honey badgers. Honey badgers don't care. They don't care what about anything. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pr- probably the most ferocious little beast you'll you'll ever see. Uh, uh, I've seen them in Africa actually back lions down. They're scared of absolutely nothing. So does the public get real up close to those, or we kind of keep them? At <laughs> well, we, you know, we used to have, we have one there uh, right now. His name is Diablo that we hand-raised. His mother rejected him, so we, we fed him. And he was quite a celebrity for a while. We did uh, uh, did the Letterman Show and Good Morning America and, and a number of other shows with Diablo. So What's his diet? Is that a carnivore, or did they eat meat? They're kind of an omnivore. They eat a lot of meat. They eat just about anything. And uh, he uh, he learned how to open the refrigerator and became quite a challenge there for a while. So they're smart then, too. Very clever. Wow. Wow. Well, I think probably everybody likes otters, don't they? They do. Everybody, otter like otters. 
What? Uh, how many have you got? We uh, we have a pair. Uh, we got a brand new male that came in from the zoo in Singapore, and we have five brand new babies. Wow, uh, is that too many? You need to get ready. No, they, she's actually some? feeding them. So okay, uh, they're they're doing well. And they they primarily live in the pretty good water situation for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're they they have to have water. So that's uh, one of the parts, probably facility wise, one of your challenges. Keep water in there. Um, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about the landscaping of the park because I, as I recall, that we've got some nice trees and some, and it's a really nice looking place. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, we, well, we started. You know, we were a feed, wheat field in two thousand six, yeah. and uh, of course, since we just finished our eleventh year, things are really growing up, starting to look great. Um, we have a lot of additions. We're getting ready to add to the park. Uh, we're, we're getting ready to put in a splash park uh, for the kids to enjoy. To, wow! During the summer months. Um, and we have a number of other exhibits that we're working on. We have a new children's zoo that we're going to be building here before long. That was one of the questions I was going to ask. Uh, uh, what what plain, exciting things do you have planned in the next few months? That You've told me about one or two there. Yeah, the Splash Park, uh, the children's zoo we're working on. Um, we, we're getting ready to build a new rhino, enclo- rhino enclosure. We have white rhinos coming in from South Africa, uh, probably in the spring. Um Southern, whatever you've got a southern black rhino though, right? We 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 actually have a southern black rhino coming in. Okay. Uh, we had southerns. We sent our mail out on loan to another zoo. We have another southern coming in. We also have Indian rhinos, so we'll is, have three species. Now that animal is probably the the most fierce looking animal there is. But are they a fierce animal? You know, it's a it's very interesting. The blacks are kind of short tempered. A little, uh, you know, the answer to everything. If you don't know what it is, charge it. Yeah. Um, but uh, Indian Indian rhinos are kind of like big puppy dogs once you get them settled, as are as are white rhinos. And when I think about these uh, animals, that some of them are native to warmer climes than we have here. Is there any challenge with the climate in in keeping the animals? It's it's always a challenge, but we're all of our barns are have heat, uh, air conditioning if necessary. When you say you loan out an animal, I imagine you do that for. for and some of many of the animals, or some of the animals you have, when you loan them out to a zoo, is it for purposes of reproduce, reproducing the species, something like that? Or? Yeah, we we participate in in a number of managed breeding programs, so we'll move animals out uh, to pair with other animals and other facilities for maximum genetic diversity. And is that, does that maybe I'm being too nosy, but do you get a fee for that? Generally not. Really, no, it's something it's, you all do with, with it's each just other. something we all work together and do. Do you have any? Uh, I ask this because I have so many people on it and that are uh, in their their world. They're helped with grants and loans and things like that. But are you, you probably do you have any government grants or any any support like that? Uh, we don't. We have no government support. We do have a foundation, Tanganyika Wildlife Foundation, which is uh, we're starting to work on that as a support uh, organization for the park. Well, that, that, primarily, so, it's been we we've uh, paid our own way. Well, it sounds like a, a good idea to get some people behind you there, and, and maybe there are some other things you can, you can they can do to help you raise some money to do things. Uh, you get many school field trips. You talked about that earlier. Yeah, we do. We get twenty three to twenty five thousand kids a year. Really? Wow. Um, talk about. Uh, do you have any? You haven't really talked about snakes, have you? Do you have snakes? Do you have we have we have a few, not many, mostly in our ambassador program. So, what kind of snakes do you have? Oh, we have some pythons. We have some king snakes. Uh, I think some uh, 
uh, a few boas. Okay. Uh, rat snakes. Do you have one of those pythons that's about 20 feet long? Ours is only about 12. <laughs> well, I saw one in Florida when I was a kid. Uh, it was 20 feet long and about, about two feet across. That's they can really big, get that's big. a big snake. What do you do with that snake when it gets to, or will it just stop growing at some point? Or What's snakes, the end game on a snake? Snakes like? pretty much keep growing. Do they? They do. Uh, well, what's the diet on that one? Rabbits, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah, probably. But certainly they can eat anything, eat something much larger if they want to. Um, when it comes to uh, personalities, uh, does you know, every, we think that animals have personalities, and we, the, the dogs and cats we have. But is that true pretty much in, in the general uh, wildlife kingdom, that different animals have different personalities? Absolutely. And not only from species to species, but individuals, you know, have different personalities just like we do. Yeah, uh, uh, worldwide, uh, the animals, we look at uh, some of the places in uh, South America and places like that where man is is uh, getting rid of the forest or, you know, developing and whatnot. Uh, what is the situation for animals worldwide? What do you think? It's, yeah. it's really critical with a lot of species. I mean, you have those people saying that we're entering what's called the sixth extinction, which uh, species are disappearing at an alarming rate, and, and this is due to... A number of factors. Uh, I suppose you could say climate change could be playing a factor to some degree, uh, but uh, overpopulation, human encroachment, is probably the biggest problem overall. All right. Um, is so? How many species do you think are disappearing? Is it yearly? Or is there several? Or? Oh, there's. It's. I. I honestly don't know. Okay. But I, but I would say, you know, you you read different things. Uh, I'm sure we're losing something every year. There's probably things out there we're, we're unaware of. Is the park available for special events? It is, yeah. We can. We have three meeting rooms uh, that are available of different sizes uh, year-round for uh, different kinds of events. What Come, kind of events do, would you do then? We do a lot of weddings. We do a lot of corporate events. We, do, we have some meeting, a meeting room for some business retreats. Uh, so we can pretty much do just about anything people want to do this is this, you know, you're in the uh, we're on autumn right now but i would imagine it's probably pretty good for attendance because of the weather but uh, does it slow down pretty much in the winter for it you? does yeah we we actually close uh the 10th of november until the first of march okay so most uh, of most of our animals were not set up for inside viewing so uh we close for the winter. so if you're listening right now you got till november 10th to get out there and see all november this november the 10th all right anything uh anything new that you'd like to discuss we've talked about a couple of new things you've got going on out there uh, anything other than that you want to say? All I've got you here. For, it's your chance. Well, I, I think what I'd like to say is we very much appreciate the community support, um, our season pass holders. Uh, we we appreciate uh, all that they do in supporting the park, and we certainly couldn't do it without them. Again, uh, just to, I want to review real quickly then. The park itself opened in what year was it, Jim? Our first uh, day was in June of 2008. 2008. Mm-hmm. But you'd been out there with animals before that, you said. We've had animals there since 1985. Okay. And it was a weed field before that. It was, yes. <laughs> all right. And, you know, one more thing, because there are people listening, I hope, uh, we hope from all over the state, the central part of the state of Kansas, and maybe down in Oklahoma, for those who don't know, give us an idea of where the park is located. Be a good idea. <laughs> That's a good idea. We're, <laughs> ju- we're just west of Wichita in Goddard. Uh, between 183rd and 199th Street, just off of Maple. 
So if you if you if you're out here and you're near Goddard, you, I've seen you got a pretty good signage, don't you? We do directing yeah. people to get in. We do, yeah. The, all right, that all you want to tell me today? I believe so. I've learned a lot, and I appreciate your time this morning, Jim. Thank you. Steve. Learned a lot about this place, the Tanganyika Wildlife Park, which I think is another great asset to our city. A great place to go. Take the kids. And very educational, and a lot of it very much hands-on. Jim, thanks again uh, for spending some time with us this morning to talk about Tanganyika Wildlife Park. I'm going to learn to spell it one of these days. Our guest is Jim Fouts, founder and director of Tanganyika Wildlife Park. That's all for this edition of Issues 2019. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.